0: Welcome back to the hotcast. I am your host, Chicago Fire Editor at Hot Time in Old Town, Ruben Tish. And joining me, as always, is the co-host, RJ. RJ, it is another Tuesday morning podcast recording. Uh, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Um, should I do the food report first?
0: Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and do the food report first before we get into the soccer. Because um, there's a lot of soccer to talk about. You had, I believe, the pulled pork sandwich.
1: Anyway, yeah, I, I had the pulled pork sandwich. Um, it was about eleven bucks. I wanted a refund because I, I don't know, it was just so disappointing. The the pork was dry. Um, the barbecue sauce had little to no taste to it. Um, it felt like I was just eating wet cardboard. So that's
0: that's unfortunate um, because the pulled pork sandwich at Toy- at Toyota Park slash Seat Geek Stadium was actually pretty good.
1: Yeah. Uh, if i remember um that's why i was looking forward to it so i don't know well that's another you know food off the list i think i just need to get the polish and the pizza i think that's love yeah that's it what about the
0: uh ice cream nachos we haven't gotten an ice cream nacho review
1: i did oh well that's true on the podcast that's true uh i'll probably get it this crew game if i go so
0: fair enough um Soldier Field's been pretty good to the Fire, food aside. Uh, they did go out and beat the New York Red Bulls 2-1 uh, to one in a game where I thought, aside from the two goals that Lucas Stojanovic scored, sort of played out exactly the way I thought it would. Uh, New York pressed high and often a lot. Um, and uh, the Fire actually did a pretty good job, sort of. Putting balls in over the top and getting guys in, in good positions. Although aside from the two goals, they really didn't offer much attacking wise. Again, um, what are your first thoughts about the game, and and you know we can sort of build from there.
1: I think the fire could have done more. Uh, they took the um, foot off the gas pedal, I think, past the fifth minute. But could you really blame them? Though I mean, they were they were they were controlling the game regardless of the score. Uh, I blame it on the weather, to be quite honest. Extremely. Um, at times, I actually almost fell almost fell asleep because it's just way too hot. Um, and I think the weather had to do a lot. Well. I don't want to sound like you know a certain someone from a from a certain Arsenal fan TV channel, but yeah, I think the weather had it. Otherwise, if I were in complete control, um, Tehran, I think uh, in the second half, I, he was great the whole game, but um, that save because I I usually sit with Sector, but I moved up to the United Club area for the beginning part of the second half. And I just saw that view and I, I think Tehran he didn't need to make that save. I think it would have straight to shuttle work. Tehran basically screwed him up screwed himself up. I don't know yeah. what it was like from the T V angle but Even
0: on the on the play he hurt himself? Yeah. Or yeah. So he makes the play and then he gets up and he's smiling and he takes a couple of steps and then something happens and he falls over. We all thought uh, on television it really did just look like he was um cramping up a little bit, but um they had to stretch him off. So I don't know if he was if it was just like a really bad one of those like really bad cramps where your leg just seizes up and then balloons. And you can't walk on it for 10 minutes, or if it was something truly terrible. Um, the Fire's website does not say a whole lot at the moment.
1: And I'm pretty sure it was just a really um, bad cramp. If yeah. If the case. I, I, if, if,
0: if, I, I'd hope so because he played really well. Yeah, he did. For, for his. I, I for his is, he was out for there for like an hour. Yeah,
1: I think this is 12th cap of the Fire. I don't know. but um, uh, Yeah, it might be his
0: 12th appearance.
1: But. Yeah, you know, he did he, really well. Um,
0: he's been hurting off a an lot, and it was really nice to see him, you know, go out there and play well, and then that happens.
1: Well, like, you know. ev- everyone did their job. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, Calvo was being Calvo at times. I think there were moments where he was playing off instead of his defense. I think at one point he was leading the line for whatever reason, but...
0: He does that, and it, for me at least, is always sort of... Um,
1: He's not Sergio Ramos. I'm mean, not what he's thinking. True. He's not going to um, score goals.
0: In fact, I think we've cracked the code on Francisco Calvo, and that's when he's defending, he's really good. But when he tries to make plays, as he does, like you saw it in the, the NYCFC game, um, all of his big errors come from when he gets impatient and tries to make something happen offensively like i think being wearing the captain's armband has made him think that he has to like if nothing's you know really going happening going forward instead of defending he um seems like he takes it upon himself to try and push the team forward and that's where he gets in trouble um but he's fine when he's just like defending like staying back And you know, taking routes the ball and and getting into passing lanes and stuff like that—he's he's he's, you know pretty good. It's when he decides that it's time for me to go forward and help the offense that's when he gets himself in trouble.
1: And you should know that. I mean, I I honestly don't know the reason because you have um you have Sekulich to do that sort of stuff, and if not Sekulich, then you have Pineda. Calvo should just stay where he is. I mean, he's he's like Barrett in a way where you know he should you know he's drifting out of his lane where he should just stay put. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, he, he's gotten better, but in regards to that, but you know, there's there's certain moments where he'll just drift out.
0: Despite that, though, for the last two games, New York and New against both New York teams, um, they've played really good defense. NYCFC has scored 11 goals in three games. Three games. They scored nine, and then they scored another two against Toronto this weekend. Um, but they've been scoring, and it's like, um, you know, they, they, they're they sort of impossible to to stop in, in a lot of respects, and yet, you know, the fire held them to a clean sheet. That So... I got lots of messages on the Hot Time Twitter and my own Twitter about how my um, characterization of the fire holding NYCFC uh, goalless was a uh, an accomplishment. Like, they should be proud that they did that. And everybody got on me like, oh, they should have won the game. The fire, you know, were down or were up a player for 15 minutes or however long you know from the red card and they should have gone and they should have scored a goal and they should have won the game but the, 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 the fact of the matter is though that first of all the once the red card happened New York City just put 10 guys behind the ball and we're just not going to allow the fire any space to score first of all second of all if you think about the way that game was playing out before the red card Neither team was probably going to score anyway because the fireworks concentrating so hard defensively that attacking, you know, they were they weren't really thinking about going on and, and winning the game. they were they were playing not to lose, which is is a little disappointing from a fan's perspective, I'll grant, but from a team, that has been so poor defensively and made so many poor mistakes throughout the entirety of the year, that concentrating on defense is something they have to do before they can go work on the offense. They have to get their defense right. It's more important for this team to not give up goals than it is for them to score at this moment in time.
1: I will agree with you, um, but I also agree with the hashtag that you know, they, they could have exploited. Because people tend to forget um, that New York also has a great defense as well. Um, you mentioned you know, they scored so many goals in the last previous games. But if you also look at the goals that they conceded, I think it was one or two or three at most.
0: It was literally a penalty in the in the second half extra time to Columbus, and that was it.
1: Yeah. So you know the the hashtag forgot about it, or were not paying attention, or they just don't know. But um, I think if Frankowski or you know or Collier was still, or, or, or if Frankowski was still available in that game, or if Collier was chosen, I think they could have had a chance because in the later stages of the game, um, New York was getting tired, and they could have exploited that. But I, regardless, you know zero zero is a great. Against a really,
0: and I think they took that result and brought it into the match against the Red Bulls and kept the moment, the defensive momentum, especially for the goal at the end when they were up two to nothing was kind of fluky and and thank God they were up two to nothing at that point or else um, Rice would be had. But like at that point of the match, it was raining so hard that you know. Unless it's hit directly into Bobby Shuttleworth's hands, he's not, you know, catching the ball. Um, And the rebound was was actually pretty unfortunate. Um, And New York scored, you know, a garbage time goal. Um, But aside from that, again, the Red Bulls had nothing going for it because the Fire's defense was legitimately good. Mauricio Pineda, we talked about Carlos Taran earlier, and we talked about Calvo, but... I think Mauricio Pineda playing that sort of sweeper role has changed his game for the better and changed the fire's defensive structure to where now they can comfortably say that they have a pretty good, you know, they're keeping their shape. The communication's still not where we want it to be. It's still pretty quiet. Um, But I thought Pineda had a great game um tracking back and and doing a lot of the emergency defending that they needed him to do to stop the red bulls from you know capitalizing on on transition which is where they get a lot of their goals from is you know forcing turnovers with their press and then um you know using the chaos to, to score goals the fire were excellent at not letting them do that
1: um I know. I know. We said that Pineda was gonna dax replacement, but I think he he's the Schweinsteiger because yeah, like like Schweinsteiger, you know, he can recover balls. He can. He has a commanding presence. I I just wish you know Panait was a little bit more vocal, but you know, in due time, I think he will become more vocal.
0: Yeah, I think with age and experience will come the confidence to vocalize and and organize and stuff. Um, let's talk about the midfield because Madron was out. Uh, and obviously, Frankowski was transferred. So it's sort of like a newer look midfield for the fire. Uh, Lukas Stojanovic obviously, MLS player of the week. Two goals in five minutes. Um, scoring in the third and the eighth minute of, of the game with two absolute bangers um, to put the fire up two to nothing early. How would you assess the rest of his performance? Because, again, on the ha- hashtag, there's a lot of Luke has got to play more. Luke has got to be out there because he's our best offensive player, which is true. He is the Fire's best offensive player. And I think going forward, we'll start to see more minutes from him. But I caution because, again, defensively, especially, um, towards the end of the game, he looked to be a little lost. And I think that that's one of the reasons why he hasn't been playing and why he's been the fourth midfielder in the Fire's new three midfielder setup is because he doesn't do the defensive job the way someone like Madron or Herbers does. He doesn't really he doesn't really you know um, understand I guess his defensive responsibilities or he's incapable of doing them. Um, because you saw towards the end of the game especially you started to see New York find some joy on their right hand side the fire's left hand side because um, Luco was giving them space to work because of his positioning and he wasn't really um, able to sort of put the screws to New York defensively the way you would want him to so I think his major weakness is a major weakness of the club and I think if the fire are able to be more stable on defense you'll start to see Stojanovic more but the fact is you have to be stable defensively for him to be out there so if Navarro comes in and maybe we'll see him Sunday against the crew uh can come in and sort of stabilize the defense in that respect you'll start to see him more and maybe less Herbers and less uh Madron, who there's rumors of him um going back to spain at the end of the season to play in la liga which by the way would be a really great coup for the fire if they can get two players going from their team to a top league in europe and play we'll see how frank frankowski does in, in france and presumably, if Madron is going back to Spain, we'll see how he does. But it's really cool to see players, you know, sort of struggling to find their footing come to the fire and then be able to go to a top five league and contribute.
1: Uh, before I talk about Luca, I just want to say I can't wait till Frankowski nutmegs not Messi. But, um,
0: well, Messi doesn't play defense, so that's not exactly the hardest thing in the world to do.
1: But, uh, I, I, I can't wait because I know someone out there is going to make a gif of that and spam it all over the right. hashtag. But, yeah. um, Back to Luca. So he's he's not really a number eight, and he really he can't be really he's really not a number ten. He's in that weird spot where he can create, he can score goals, but like you said, he can't defend. He also is, um I, I think yeah, when, when Navarro point two or what's his first name? I'm sorry, uh, Navarro number two. Oh yeah, let's just call him Navarro number two. But um, well, yeah, when Navarro number two comes in, I think. He can at least cover for Luka, so Luca could be that 10 or 9 point, I don't
0: know, um, 8.75. Luca's kind of like an 11, right? Yeah. Like, he's not a number nine striker, but he's sort of that crafty goal scorer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've, I've actually been thinking a lot about this. But he's so, also
1: not a number 11.
0: Right. You can't really put him up top and have him sort of you know lead the line or play that second striker role because either.
1: they're playing him as a number 8 which is you know fine whatever but he's not a number 8 he can't be a number 10 he's like he's not a number 11 he can't be a number 9 I don't know numbers don't mean anything but I don't
0: know, know, know what he does like we well that's not just, true. we, just, we just, know what he does we know he's a very good attacker yeah but I don't know where to put him
1: like I don't want to compare them well
0: yeah go ahead do it
1: I don't know why, but I was about to compare him to Lampard, but Lampard can also defend. So
0: right, that's, that's He reminds me a lot of Paul Scholes. You know, yeah. He's like you. He was he was the guy the the player on Manchester the forward you know attacking midfielder on Manchester United who didn't pull the strings. You didn't really know what he did until he put the ball in the back of the net. You know what I mean? He he sort of reminds me of, of like that a little bit. Um. But he, he, I, I think Luca needs to develop some physicality, especially in Major League Soccer. He needs to, you know, he needs to fight in the midfield a bit more, maybe get get some of that uh, sort of MLS, sort of dirty player shithousery in him a little bit. Uh, and then I think, you know, you'd start to see him start, you know, all the time. And, and also, we're still sort of fairly certain that. He's still recovering from his, you know major ligament surgery that he had last year. So it's, it's not like he's a hundred percent still. And I think part of the problem with his defensive effort, especially is the fact that we still don't know about his knee, and he's probably still not hundred percent confident about it, even though I'm sure if you ask him, he will say that he's a hundred percent confident in his knee and that he's a hundred percent, but I don't think that. I think he's you know lying to himself a little bit if he were to say that. I don't think he's a hundred percent. It's sort of clear the way he's moving around. He's sort of half a step slow. That while he might say he's a hundred percent, he's not really a hundred percent. And I think that is is part of the equation as well and how. You know, he might, for the rest of the year, he might be that player that comes in uh, with half an hour left in the game and tries to give you something offensively if you need him. Um, but also, you know, Ignacio Aliceta was out. Uh, Ivanov was back on the bench and didn't get a run out. Um, it, it, again, with with Luka, there, there's probably some mental stuff that's still not 100% there because eh, of his knee and, you know, he is the fire's best offensive player, but again, the most important thing on this team is getting the defense right. So having him out there is um, you get that offensive production, but you also might be giving something up defensively. And I don't know if you can afford to give up something defensively at this point in, in the development of this club. Because we're starting to so we're starting to sort of look at next year now, right? Um, because while they, they would need to go on some sort of insane run to make the playoffs at the point, right? They need to win like nine of their last eleven games or something to to get you know that comfortable playoff spot. So at this point, we're sort of to looking towards next year. I think with a year of playing, I think Luca is going to have a really great twenty twenty two. He's set up to have a really great 2022. It's just sort of you have to figure out what you're going to do around him.
1: You know, um, I know the club's looking towards next year, but I think.
0: Well, I don't think the club is. I certainly am. I think the club, you know, if you ask
1: the technical staff or whatever, they're 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 going to, of course, say, you know, they still have a shot. But they, apart from like 50 games with NYCFC later on this, I I legitimately think they have a shot. Just looking at the schedule. Because mm-hmm. you have um you have Cincinnati I mean this is gonna backfire on, but um, I, I don't want to do any predictions, but just you know, look at the remaining schedule. You have Fanati, uh, Montreal, you have DC United. Yeah Yeah, you got
0: a you got a lot of games against Eastern Conference opponents who are fighting for Miami, a, so with whom you're fighting for a playoff spot, yeah. Um You you're totally right, and they totally do still have a chance to make the playoffs this year, but just me, what I'm looking at but no, I mean... Yeah, I agree I'm looking at I mean, next year. Yeah.
1: and But it's it's also a shame because that's, what, year 22 in the rebuild of the rebuild? So.
0: Uh, yeah. We, we, when you look at it like that, sort of, like, year three is always, like, the make it or break it year of a rebuild, right? So this is, like, year one was last year, which you can sort of write off if, if you know, pandemic 18 game schedule, whatever. Um, this year we're starting to see some things next year is the most important year of the rebuild. That's the make it or break it for Heinz and is next season. Um, and if Luca improves, if Tehran is healthy and improves, um, if Pineda keeps growing, if Sekulich, I believe Sekulich is still under contract next year. If he can take it up another level, if Navarro can take it up another level on the left-hand side, um, if, you know, new Navarro is the number six we all think he is, then you have a very good foundation for next year for this team to be really good. I think Um,
1: also, depending on the transfer as well, I think the fire need to make a statement.
0: Well, there's going to be three, at least two... De- uh, designated DPs. players, right? Because um, I think next year is the year you can buy down Aliceta's con- DP contract and make him just a gener- an allocation money signing. Um, we know probably Baric is gone. I don't know if you want to keep Gaston Jimenez. I think, um, I think he's gone
1: as well. Especially yeah. if um, Navarro 2 coming in. I think he's gone because I think Navarro 2 is going to be... Mm.
0: So you've got You know, you're two two senior designated player spots open. Uh, So you're going to bring in at least two designated player um, talent-wise players unless you waste a spot on a a large transfer fee and not necessarily have it be a salary designated player. The the MLS roster rules are more complex than the NBA roster rules. So we'll see about that and plus there's the collective bargaining agreement thing that still needs to get figured out and, and there's a whole bunch of
1: i mean uh, I,
0: of, of things going on in the off season that'll make or break the, it's it's perfectly the fine
1: fire. if the fire you know get some dp from i don't know Kazakhstan or whatever but at least make one huge dp signing like they need to fill up Soldier Field. It's, and you know, as, as someone who's been to, I don't need to be quite honest this season, but it's really, really depressing just seeing 8,000 soldiers.
0: Or 10,000 people, because 10, it 000. looks like 8,000 people.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think when they have fireworks, 14K, you know, that's not the point. It's just the fire can fill up Soldier Field, and I know they can. Mm-hmm. They just need to sign someone big, and you know. I don't know. Just use that clout, use that money to get um, Lewandowski or whoever. At this point,
0: I, I honestly have no idea who they would sign. I mean, like, I, 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 like who would you?
1: I would say Kunaguero because he's not happy with Barcelona. There's actually reports saying he wants wants to leave already. So
0: that could be interesting. But he's hurt.
1: He's yeah, quote unquote hurt. Um,
0: he's gonna miss. He's gonna miss at least the first ten games, right?
1: Yeah, for the I think three months or so. Um, yeah, I mean, there's Diego Costa. I mean, Ozil's not doing anything in Turkey. There's,
0: but I mean, his wife's Turkish. I don't think he wants to leave Turkey.
1: He wants to play in MLS, though. Does he? He, he said it.
0: But after seeing Gonzalo Higuain come over and you know be thirty pounds overweight and and not really care, do you really? That's sort of soured me on Ozil coming over because will do, will do you know Ozil I mean? just be the same? Like, and that's with, by the way, access to a player in his brother that's played in the league forever and knows it how physically demanding Major League Soccer is. And Gonzalo Higuain still comes in thirty pounds overweight well, and doesn't Higuain. want to run.
1: He's Higuain. He's like he's a choke artist. Like he's a born he's a born choke artist. I mean, I don't know get... Get lack is that he's not doing anything in ours. I don't think so but
0: I mean that that could be an interesting move.
1: I mean, I don't think he's gonna fill up the stadium but I think he'll make he, he'll make the team better yeah,
0: that's fair. Um, he'll he'll definitely make the team better even if he doesn't fill up the stadium and honestly as as someone who's been here for a while, um, I'm looking for uh, i'm I'm looking for players that will make the team better instead of just be a name to fill up the stadium? Because we've been there before, right? You know, Bester Schweinsteiger didn't really make the team better, but he filled, he put some butts in seats. But they weren't, you know, aside from, you know, his first half a year in 2017, he really wasn't the impact player that he should have been.
1: But, but I think the fire could definitely do both. I think they could find someone who can fill up the stadium and make the team better. It's just they just, you know...
0: Have to do it, and Joe Mansueto has to fork over the money for them to do it.
1: You know, if Mansueto had the leeway, like, you know, with Galaxy or Miami, I think he can grab any.
0: Do we know that, though? Do we know that he... Because one of the long-term you know, term feuds about Major League Soccer, one of the things, if you've been here a while, you know, is that it's not necessarily players versus owners when it comes to... Um, these kind of money feuds or whatever it's owners versus owners and some of the owners you know you you know who they are your merit paulson's in in portland your seattle ownership your la galaxy ownership they want to spend money to make their teams better and you've got like you know the crafts and i don't even know who owns dc united at this point but like the dc united ownership uh, who are on the more conservative side and don't really want to spend all the the money that they think on on player salaries. So I don't know where Joe Mansueto falls on the that spectrum.
1: I mean, he's about to buy a Swiss football team, like Lugano. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Lugano. Or I say Gretz again, like twenty times last episode. But he's about to buy. A, you know. Sure. He he obviously has the money.
0: Yeah, but the question is, does he want to spend it?
1: Uh, again, I mean, he's... I mean, I, in the long run, Lugano would be useful for the fire, but looking at it right now... I'll...
0: No, they need to... The, the fire need a superstar attacker, is what they need, uh, and they gotta go get it. Um, I think that that's that's sort of the main thing. Um, real quickly, while we're sort of on this topic about improvements and, and, and stuff, uh, Patrick McCraney, our boss, just posted on twitter the uh mls table since july 3rd uh on his twitter um i'll put a link for you here in it? the thing uh the fire are fourth in the table
1: stop stop the count <laughs>
0: since ju- since july 3rd uh the fire are three three and two for 12 points which puts them fourth in the uh table since july 3rd
1: stop the count (laughs)
0: um so you know that that's encouraging in a sense uh they need to win some more games obviously but like you know we're seeing an improvement week to week and from the beginning of the season to now um the switch to the three center backs helped a lot um but you know Overall, we're seeing an improvement on this team, and that's not something we thought we'd see in like May, right? Yeah, um, I mean,
1: fair play to the fire. Um, at least we don't have to sound depressed for the rest.
0: Yeah, things things are things are pretty good. I don't think even like a loss this weekend to Columbus, who, by the way, are an absolute free fall. Uh, oh, they
1: they lost to DC, I think. They
0: did lose to DC over the weekend. Yeah, uh, let's take a look here at their their run of results which have not been good. Um, so Columbus, they got beat four to one by New York City last weekend. They lost four to two to DC. Um, and uh, so like the, the, their last two games have been really bad. Uh, the weekend, they lost to Atlanta who have also been pretty bad, three to two. So, there are going to be goals in this game. If the fire concentrate on defense, there's going to be um, attacking options for the fire. If they can keep Columbus off the uh, score sheet. Um, So this, this could be good for the fire here um, at home against Columbus to sort of start the, the stretch of games towards the end of the season. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, if you're free on Sunday, and you're not me who has to, you know, work and do stuff uh, for game coverage, you should probably head on down to Soldier Field and, and go to the game because it's going to be, it it's going to be an opportunity to see the Fire get some points.
1: And you know, speaking of that, going um, going back to the Red Bulls game, you know, apart from the heat killing everyone it was a classic mls 1.0 man
0: yeah the... like,
1: even with the little scuffle i i think that made it you know mm-hmm.
0: 1.0 yeah it was great uh go on down and see him rj uh this podcast was very nice uh, it was good uh but it is time for us to go you but can before we do though oh.
1: I, I do want to point out um i'll i'll make this sock related but uh the Olympics just sounded It's going to Paris for 2024, and they are going to replace baseball with breakdancing And I think, oh yeah. And I I think France should get both of their World Cup titles revoked because of that. Because wh- why?
0: <laughs> because why? That's a very French thing to do. I mean, uh, what? <laughs> I don't know that's a very French thing to do. Hold on, people are currently posting memes on Twitter about Messi staying at Barca. And i'm like why stop it it's confusing stop confusing me
1: he, he's, he's going to the fire after psg he no, likes he, he likes the bulls he he listens to chief keef i mean so
0: <laughs> he likes the bull i mean okay we're gonna leave it there <laughs> we're gonna leave it there on chief keith um you can uh find us on twitter at The hot cast. You can find me on Twitter at Ruben Tish. RJ is at RGA underscore zero two. You can email us NorthLot at gmail.com. If you really want to, you can find us on iTunes and the Google play store. Give us a review five stars um, because we are a five star podcast. I think Uh, you can uh, and anywhere else. uh, Podcasts are found. Uh, that's it for this week. Hopefully we'll be back next week to talk about massive fire W and, uh, shot up the, uh, Eastern conference standings. The fire currently 11th, um, with 18 games played, uh, seven or eight points out of playoff contention against Columbus. So if they beat Columbus, uh, they'll be above the 20 point mark, which would be nice. Uh, so... That's good. Uh, We will see you next week. Goodbye, RJ. Goodbye, listeners.